At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, fine citizens? Welcome to the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit City Cast, presented to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. So much to get to, counting down the minutes and hours to the Sweet 16 for the Michigan Wolverines. I got all the numbers for you. And also, you can have a great time, as I always do, with my cohort from Philadelphia. The host of the Philadelphia CityCast, Ryan Rothstein. And boy, do we have an idea for a nice little wager between the two of us when it comes to Michigan and Villanova. So very excited about that. We'll get with Ryan in just a little bit. Let's take a trip to the Motown betting window. And it's brought to you by our great friends at Bat Rivers. And we'll start with Michigan and Nova. The line is stuck at five like I thought it would. Right now it's Nova minus five. Minus 110 at Bet Rivers, Michigan plus 5, minus 109. Uh, the money line for Nova, minus 220, Michigan plus 180, and the total sticking at 135 as well. Minus 109 on the over, minus 110 on the under. And, and boy, you look at this game, and as I've been saying for the last couple of days, I just feel like it's going to be a very close one possession type game in the end. I think Michigan with Dickinson can really combat what Villanova does. And their four starters and double figures and Gillespie and Samuels. And as long as Michigan doesn't turn the ball over and go on long scoring droughts, it should be very similar to the Tennessee game where Michigan has a great chance to win this thing. And I want to update you on where we're at right now with the splits betting-wise. Michigan on the money line is getting 29% of the money, 70% to Villanova. The spread has 38% of the money coming in on Michigan and 61% 
on Villanova. And then the over right now has 64% of the money coming in on the over, 35% on the under. And as far as number of tickets go, uh, the total number of tickets on Michigan Moneyline are 41%, 58% for Villanova. For the spread, total number of tickets for the Wolverines, 39%, 60%, 60.8% obviously for uh, for Villanova. And then the total, 78% of the tickets on the over, which is what my lean was when it was 134, up to 135.5, and just 21% of the, the total number of tickets on the under. To me, the over is definitely a play right now, and the line kind of sticking there at 135. Also, we've got the Red Wings in action off that nice win over Philly, which I gave you on the show. They will play in New York against the Islanders. The Islanders uh, minus 215 on the money line. Wings plus 180. Puck line has the Isles minus 1.5 plus 120. Ritterings plus 1.5 minus 141 in the total. 5.5 over minus 118 under even money. I've got no uh, play on the game or the puck line, but I do have a small lean on the total. Wings have been scoring goals. And the Islanders definitely are one of the better scoring teams in hockey. So I like the over 5.5. I don't mind laying the 118. If it goes to 6, I would stay away because then you got to get to 7 uh, to win the bet. Obviously, 6 is to push. But I like where that's at right now at 5.5 uh, for the, the, uh, the Red Wings. By the way, I also want to mention the Detroit Pistons, a play we gave out on the show as well. What a win for them over the Atlanta Hawks. And I mentioned the reason I like the Pistons plus the 5.5 or better, even plus five is what some of you got it at. Because the Hawks playing on the second end of that back-to-back. Pistons playing some good basketball, even though they're not winning a lot, but covering a lot. Obviously, they just, just threw a 14-in-a-row uh, cover streak until they lost to the Blazers. But they're playing really good basketball at LCA. And Jeremy Grant back had 21. Cunningham at 17, eight dimes, six rebounds. 10 for Sadiq Bay, 13 off the bench for Bagley Jr. Olenek had 16. 13 from Hayes off the bench. 10 from McGrady and four players off the bench at double figures. The only player that started that wasn't in double figures was Isaiah Stewart. But he had eight points, 10 rebounds, and was plus 16 on the floor. By the way... Cade Cunningham with a 17 and his 8 and his 6 was plus 43 on the floor. He's becoming such a plus player. Just for an example, the next closest piston was Grant, who was plus 20. To be plus 43 as a rookie in a 21-point win, a very rare blowout of the Atlanta Hawks for both the Pistons or anybody, because Trey Young obviously has been so good, and the Pistons held Young to 21 and 9 dimes. That is some really good stuff from Cade Cunningham. So, uh, really looking forward to the future with this team. And if they get a good draft pick, uh, boy, lights out. Could be Shaden Sharp. You know, it, it could be Chet Holmgren. We'll see who the Pistons are able to get if they pick in the top four. Or, heck, even number one again in back-to-back years. Just want to take a quick look at the other Sweet 16 lines coming up for Thursday night. Arkansas and Gonzaga, or not at Gonzaga. Arkansas and Gonzaga out of the West region. Gonzaga minus 9.5, minus 110 on uh at Bet Rivers right now, Arkansas plus 9.5, minus 110. Gonzaga minus 500 on the money line, Arkansas plus 380. The over 155, over minus 112, under minus 109. A couple of days ago, I told you that I like the Arkansas, I like Arkansas getting the points in this one. I think Gonzaga is going to win this game, but I do think Arkansas is definitely a lean on the points from you know, lean on the total. That's a lot of points at 155. Uh, then later on, the two uh, nightcaps 
in the Sweet 16 on Thursday. Texas Tech still a one-point favorite over the Duke Blue Devils. Texas Tech right now at uh, Bet Rivers minus one, minus 109. And Duke plus one, minus 112. A lot of money, uh, as we talked to Troy Bacher from Bet Rivers uh, yesterday. A lot of money pouring in on Duke. Right now, you look at the, the betting splits, you've got just 48% of the um, money line uh, money on Texas Tech, 51% on Duke, but just 36% of the spread money on Texas Tech and 63% of the money on Duke. This is a trap for me, I'll explain in a second. Uh, 84% of the money on the over, 50% of the money on the under, and as far as the tickets go, 35% of the total tickets on the money line for Texas Tech, 64% on Duke. There's now 39% of the total tickets on the spread for Texas Tech, 60% on Duke, and 78% of the total tickets on the over, 21% on the under. This is a trap game for me. I think Texas Tech is playing better basketball. Yeah, Chris Bayer has moved on, but they're just overall a higher metric team, and Duke is still really talented, but there's a reason Tech is minus one when it looks too good to be true. A lot of times it is getting Duke at plus one. I am on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, laying the one, minus the 109 at Bet Rivers. Uh, I looked at the total of 137. It's a small lean on the over for me, but obviously it's gone up a point and a half, uh, almost two points on the over. So I, if you didn't get it at 135, 135 and a half, you know, be careful with that. You don't want to cheat the number too much in the tournament, but I am all about Texas Tech in that one. And then the nightcap, uh, in Michigan's region, the South, Houston, Arizona, Arizona down to a one and a half point favorite. It was two for much of the last 48 hours. Minus one and a half at Bet Rivers, minus 110. Houston plus one and a half, minus 109. Moneyline, Arizona, minus 124. Houston plus 104. And the total 145 and a half over minus 109, under minus 110. This is a very, very tough game. I have Arizona winning the national championship. My Official bracket, so I'm not going to go in for them now, but Houston could definitely win this game. I do have no opinion on the total of this one, but I do have Arizona minus the two. I took the money line, actually, uh, and, and the minus two as well. So I have two plays with Arizona, and I think they're going to win this game, but it's going to be very, very tough, and Houston definitely is capable of doing it as well. But those are my leans and plays for the Thursday games in the Sweet 16. And of course, Michigan, we'll get into that coming up next with my man, Ryan Rossi. That was a trip to the Motown betting window presented by Bet Rivers. And here he is, Ryan Rossi. What kind of a bet are we going to come up with for Michigan and Nova? Those of the Philadelphia CityCast comes up to break down everything Nova and Michigan straight ahead on the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same-game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. Rye Guy, we've got it all happening tonight. Listen, it's a revenge game from 2018. I'm still very upset. I have the, I have Connor, I've I got DiVincenzo's name ringing in my ears. And if that becomes another Connor Gillespie, you know, ad nauseum, I'm going to go nuts. But this is what you want if you're a Nova fan. It's what you want if you're a Michigan fan. Sweet 16, two teams that are capable of winning it all and two teams that have been really good for a long time. I, does it get much better than this for the Sweet 16? No, it doesn't. This is it, man. I mean, this is it. 2018 rematch, like you mentioned, Dan. Um, two programs. 
I was on Greg Peterson's Coast to Coast uh, podcast last week, whenever it was, right before Nova and Michigan punched their ticket to the Sweet 16. We both brought uh, we we brought up both of these teams, obviously, uh, for me to talk about Nova, and then Michigan is is a popular popular team to discuss either way, whether we're on with the host of the Detroit City Cast or not. And you know, we said, listen. Michigan punches their ticket. That's five straight Sweet 16 appearances. Villanova, two national championships out of the past five tournaments. These are two teams, two programs that have the culture of winning in this tournament. They've been there. They've done that. Uh, and now someone's going to have to go home. It's going to be a great matchup. Uh, the spread's a different story. I know you and I will get into it, but, man, I can't wait. Yeah, you uh, failed to mention that uh, there's a certain team that has the most tournament wins in the last 10 years tied with another team. And that would be Gonzaga and Michigan 23. So don't don't forget that in your analysis of Ugh, how good Gonzaga. Michigan has been, please. The Gonzaga's the sweet 16 champs. They're they're yeah, they're, they are the, the sweet they're the champions sure. of going two and oh in the first uh, two games. But we'll see. We'll see. They're they're a tough out this year, too. I will say that. You know, I've been thinking about this, right? I, I wanted to get your your thoughts on this because Villanova, as we both know, and Jay Wright's an incredible coach. I've had the pleasure of meeting and interviewing him many times, and he, he just knows what he's doing yeah. and knows how to get the most out of his players, kind of like how John Beeline did before he left. And, I, and Juwan Howard's obviously doing a good job too, which we'll get to other than when he's smacking coaches that he shouldn't. Uh, but you look at Villanova, and I wonder from your perspective in Philly, Big East with an, an incredible year with very good teams with Providence and UConn and Creighton, Seton Hall, Marquette, Xavier, St. John's, even you know going all the way down there. And a lot of these teams made the tournament. Is is Villanova not being slept on because they would never be slept on? But is the success of the Big East this year kind of burying the lead that Villanova still a top six to eight team in the country, and yet not as many people are talking about them as Duke and, you know, St. Peter's beating Kentucky and all that kind of stuff. What's the feel for Villanova right now in the city? I think it's a great question. I, I know it's a great question. Not think it is. Um, <laughs> well, they, they, they are being slept on, Dan. They are being slept on a little bit. Um, that is sort of the vibe in the city in general, though. It's funny. I, I was hosting on WIP, which I t- tend to do on the weekends at night. And I, I you had a great a guest on that show once before late night. I think it was me. Yeah, yeah, I did have you on. Boy, was that a mistake. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was your best ratings ever. <laughs> no, nah, you killed it, man. I got to get you back on. But anyway, I brought it up to the city when I was on. I was like, why does no one? Why are we not talking about Villanova? Like you turn on the local Philadelphia news, Channel Six News, Channel Ten, whatever, whatever you prefer. It's not even close to the lead story. It's not even the lead story when it gets to sports. Here's sports, Chet. I don't know why Chet's doing it, but he is. Um, <laughs> as long as it's not Chet Holmgren. Yeah, it's Chet. That's what he does on the side. He's, uh, you know, Philadelphia sports anchor. But yeah, he's got that side yeah, You know, my long-winded ramble here, they're absolutely getting overlooked. Listen, they have the most wins in the Big East this year, yet they weren't Big East regular season champions. They go ahead and just roll through the competition at the Garden, and that tournament was awesome, as it typically is each and every yep. year. So here's my guess as to why I think they're getting a little bit overlooked. It's not the typical Villanova team that really punches you right in the in the throat there. It's not the 2018 team. It's not the teams of the past where Jay Wright has, you know, two to four guards all starting who you're saying, man, two or three of these guys are going first round. Uh, right. Another one might go late uh, or early second, right? Like, it's not that. They're not deep. They only play six guys. Jay Wright can go a couple more if he has to, but he's been going six guys. So it's not the typical Villanova team where you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is a Final Four team. 
Yet I think this year with the field being wide open, they have all the makings of still getting there. You know, I think you make a great point there. And, 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 and you know, getting into Michigan, which we, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll do a little deeper here in a second. I, I want to throw out the point spread. And, you know, at, at Bet Rivers right now, it's been popping around between four and a half, five and a half. And looking at some of the numbers as far as the money that's been coming in, you know, when you look at the, the splits on this game, money line, Michigan, 35%, 64% on, on Villanova. Spread, Michigan, 44%, 55% on Villanova. It, you know, in talking to, you know, people that, are taking the bets at, at Bet Rivers, they think there's a great chance that this could be the most bet on game of the Sweet 16. And while there's more money coming in on Nova, the line isn't really moving in, in many places. I, I think is is that something that maybe as a Nova fan should concern people? It's still five points, and that's a, you know that's almost two full possessions. But when you look at what Michigan did to Tennessee, and Jones was not even a factor in that game, and you look at what they did to Colorado State, Jones didn't even play in that game. Michigan, as you know, and, and, and I know about Villanova, they're very talented teams. Yeah. And Michigan was one of the more underachieving teams in the country, a preseason top five type team that obviously really didn't get things going to the last five, six weeks. But this is a game that I it feels like it's going to be coming down to the wire to me. Uh, absolutely. I, I I hate the five points. And I'll, you know, I'll get into that a little bit deeper in a second. I mean, I, I want to ask you about what you've seen from Michigan in their first two games. You know, I saw a stat... I think 42 uh, free throw attempts in the first two games, 41 or 42, which is a bleep ton. Uh, and that typically wasn't their style of play. Correct me if I'm wrong throughout the regular season. Like, is this team, are you watching this team in the past two games? Like, damn, they have, you know, they have jumped it up even more as far as the level of intensity. They look different, yeah. squeaking by, getting lucky. Like, what's your vibe? Are they playing a different style of ball, a better style of ball, or are they just coming out on the right side, if that even makes sense as a question? And if I might say, it's a great question. No, listen, it's it, uh, two words for you. Well, two names, Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. And this is a guy who has been driving into the lane, drawing tons of contact, also a factor on the other side, blocking a bunch of shots like he did against Colorado State and had some success in doing that against Tennessee. To me, it's, it's less Ryan about... Are they doing things differently? They're playing to their potential. And when you look what Michigan was able to do in the last six weeks of the year, the big win over Purdue, which really kind of ca- ca- was a catalyst in them playing some great basketball towards the end. I remember I was in Vegas for that game. I made a huge money line bet at the window, uh, which is always a fun thing to do because we bet on our apps, obviously, in oh, Pennsylvania best. and Michigan. Nothing like going to the window. And I posted it. And, of course, I have a lot of Michigan State haters and people that want to just make fun of me for being a Wolverine fan. Hey, that's money down the drain, Leach. Oh, boy, I did a, I did a freezing cold takes at them after that. Nice. But, you know, it started with that game and just the free-flowing offense. Then the big win over Iowa. Then beating Rutgers after Juwan Howard had the unfortunate you know, guard and assistant ho- uh, coach incident yeah. where he, you know, kind of used his, his hands when he should have and learned a valuable lesson. And then beating Michigan State by 17, who obviously had success the Spartans towards the end of the year the Big Ten tournament, and then almost had a chance to beat Duke. And then going on the road to beating the Buckeyes for the first time since 97-98 in back-to-back years, which, by the way, if you want a little serendipity, last time the football team won the national title. I know it's different sports, but I'm going to find things anywhere I can, Ryan. Absolutely. And then the Indiana game was terrible. You know, up 17, did score for nine minutes, 13 missed shots. But when you look at what they did after that to recover – against a really good Colorado State team with David Roddy, who probably was underseeded, would play without a great young guard in Devontae Jones, took care of them, dominated the glass. Then Tennessee 
and won eight of nine, one of the hottest shooting teams in the country. Yeah. We're able to con- contend with two different points in that game where Michigan had looked good and took it, taken the lead and had given it back. And we're able to come back and win that one going away in the end. What I think they're doing, Ryan, is playing the way they could have earlier in the season. And they believe in themselves now. And Devontae Jones... You know, is a big factor with a concussion. Will he be a factor in this game? Can he, can he play? He was touching his head a lot against Tennessee. But I, I'll give you another point on this. You go to Colorado State, he didn't play in that game. You go to the Tennessee game, and Jones scored two points. You had zero from Caleb Houston, the freshman. If they could beat a team like Tennessee with those guys combining for two mm. points, Imagine what this could be against a great Villanova team that could get you from all over the floor, you know, whether it's Gillespie or Moore or Samuels, probably an NBA player, of course, yep. Daniels. You, you, there's such a talented team. If Michigan plays to their optimal best, they can not only beat Nova, they can win the whole thing. I'm not saying they're going to, Ryan, believe me. Yeah, we got you. a big bet coming up in a little bit. But the Wolverines have come out of their shell, are playing like the top five, top ten team that everyone thought they would be, and thank God it's happening now as opposed to earlier in the season and then playing terrible basketball now. That's why I feel confident. And why I made, I think I told you this, we talked before, I made a 30-1 to Michigan to make the Final Four bet weeks ago. And it was a lot of it was dead money, which is why I was still 30-1. to And I told myself, listen, there's not a great chance this happens, but 30-1 to is nuts on a team as talented as Michigan. Well, guess what? It's down to eight to one. Some places six to one. And the reason I, I made it is because Michigan is good enough to do it. Yeah. It's not going to be easy to. They got to go through, obviously, a six seed in Colorado State, a three seed in Tennessee, a two seed in Nova, yeah. then either Houston or Arizona. But they're good enough to do it, Ryan, and they're playing their best basketball right now in the season. I hear you. And, and you know what? It's, it's hard to find a team that's not playing their best basketball. I mean, you don't you don't just trip and fall and get to the Sweet no. 16. Maybe you can win Even the first Even St. Peter's Paul and Mary's playing their best basketball. What's that? Even St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary's playing their best. My goodness, dude. I, let me just sidetrack us for one minute here, Dan, because do it. I went to lovely Boardwalk Hall in the Atlantic City Boardwalk and decided to watch St. Peter's in the MAC Conference Championship. You know, uh, uh, intense 1,800 fans there uh, to watch that live. I turned to a couple of my buddies, making a joke but dead serious. I was like, dude, did we catch our uh, the Holy Spirit game, our old high school? It, <laughs> it looked like we were watching a high school game just as far as St. Peter's size and both teams on the floor. And you say, man, this is just college basketball at its purest because you know whoever punches their ticket, they're going to lose by 100 in the first right. round. But good for them. Like, I, I, long-winded story, how the hell – is this team even in the Sweet 16? It's why we love March Madness, though. Yeah, and really quick to, to combat that, I had Troy Bakker on, the, the senior content manager at Rivers, and he made a great point. He thinks that that is more impressive, what they've done in back-to-back games against Kentucky and Murray State, than UMBC being the first 16 seed ever to win. I think it is. They're, they're like, yeah. Their net ranking is like 124. They were 0-5 against quad one and two. I know they have seven quad three wins. Who cares? That is insane, Ryan, that St. Peter's Dude. has beaten two really good teams. Kentucky, I understand, was vulnerable, but Murray State should have smacked them. And yet St. Peter's found a way to ruin one of my great parlays and also get to the Sweet 16. So if they win, if they win their Sweet 16 game, I give up, man. I give yeah, up. Yeah, you, you have to give up. I saw a stat. It was like... St. Peter's Athletic Department budget for all of their athletics. I don't know if you saw this. $6 million. Coach Cal's salary, $7.5 million a year. <laughs> like, the head coach is making more than the entire athletic department budget. It's just, what a story. 
Unbelievable. Yeah. But speaking of this game, yep. we, you and I, we love each other, but we're also very, we're combatants because we, we believe in ourselves yes. and, and the future and that the children are the future. We have decided that we are going to do some kind of bet on this game. I want to ask you what you think would be better. Now, obviously, we could do like the straight up bet, and I would. I, my friends get mad at me sometimes because like they want me to bet straight up, like Michigan against Ohio State in football, and they wouldn't want to give me odds. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, listen, I, there's a reason that I win money gambling because I look for value. Yeah. But with you, I respect you at such a high level. We could do that, or we could do the five point spread, and I'm thinking a plate of Coney's for you, a Philly cheesesteak for me, freeze dried and shipped at a high level of service. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, Dan, I absolutely love that idea. Obviously, you know, we both we both love our food here. We both love to have a good time. Come on. I'll gladly send you a cheesesteak. Maybe not gladly, but listen, I think the best method here is we just we 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 go against the spread here. We go against the spread. Level the playing field. Villanova has to cover the number. Michigan obviously has to uh, cover the number on that end or win the game outright. I'm all for it, man. Let's do it. I'm in. All right, we'll do it at five points, and the, the winner gets Coney's or Philly cheese. I can taste that. Now, where would you get? Because for me, Lafayette, Coney Island, I, I don't know if you've seen it. It's been on a lot of different shows. Mm-hmm. I know Anthony Bourdain, when he was alive, came here and went to Lafayette, Coney. It's been around since the 20s. There's actually two Coney Islands in downtown Detroit right next to each other that were opened by the, the different brothers. One's called American Coney Island. One's called Lafayette. A lot of things are similar, but to me, Lafayette is the, the king of Coney's here in Detroit. So I get them from there, and I get your full order, whether it's mustard, ketchup, everything. We'll get all the accoutrement. Yeah. But where would you think of getting the cheesesteak from? Because I know you people in Philly. We were talking off air. I have a lot of friends from Philly. Yeah. Some like certain places. Others think those places suck. What is the number one for you? Well, yeah, that that's another great question. Obviously, when you think Philly cheesesteak, you think Pats and Geno's. Like that's yeah. the that's the famous uh, two spots. That's the the competition. They're you know the the Yankees, Mets, Phillies, uh, you know whatever. Uh, Michigan Nova. Michigan Nova. Okay, insert insert uh, you know legendary rival here. So, but there's a million other cheesesteak spots. The locals. I think sometimes we like to just be arrogant and. <laughs> say well yeah it's not pats and Geno's because everyone knows pats and Geno's. but uh, you gotta go Jim, to chester's chester's is awesome larry's is awesome uh tony luke's is awesome as well as their roast beef uh pork i mean everything so i don't know i'd maybe just go classic and get you like a pats or Geno's. do you have a preference you know what? I try. I trust you implicitly for okay. many different reasons. So now, I mean, are you, if are it, you a if whiz, it's from like wit guy? Are you, what's your cheese? What's your what do you like on it? I will see as long as it's not spicy. I like. That's easy. You know, it's got to be like you know. I think when I when I when I've had my best, I've had it from Pat's and Gino's and other places as well. Yeah. I I definitely have gone with like a, a, a variety of like a cheddar type cheese. I definitely could do the onions and, and the green peppers. But I like the beef as, as rare as possible. I'm a rare guy. So I, like I don't know it. what place maybe you can think of that doesn't completely singe it, which is fine, too, because okay. that's kind of the Philly way. Okay. But I like it kind of bleeding, like it's still alive. I like that. I, that's how I love my steak. I need the plate no, gushing too. blood. I, I used to work in a restaurant, Ryan, a really nice restaurant yeah. that, that, that served steak. And I'd, I'd have people come in, not often, thank God, that would get it well done, and I... I literally wanted to, like, I'm not a violent person. I've never been in a fight in my life. But I wanted to, like, shake them. I wanted to say, listen, dude, what are you doing? You're ruining it. You're ruining your, you're ruining your life. You're ruining your day. You're ruining your yeah. life. 
You're don't rooting it off, but no, I love, I love it rare. You're, you're standing there, your eyes twitching. They're like, uh, excuse me, sir. <laughs> They're like, uh, are you gonna be okay? My dad's always like, you look at like the cow is still moving. I'm like, yeah, dad, that's the way to do it. Uh, let, let's let's talk about how one of us wins this this game. I mean, we'll do it both ways. For you, what does Villanova have to do to beat the Wolverines? They have to do what they've what they've been doing, honestly, and I know that's a terrible answer, but what they do well is they take care of the basketball. They're disciplined. They don't turn it over, and they're not great at turning other teams over, but they they can get up in you and, and they can, you know, give you a long night as well. So as long as they're taking care of the basketball, I'm okay with it. They're the number one foul shooting team in the nation as far as percentage yep. goes. That's been nothing new. Uh, so they're gonna get fouled. And they're going to penetrate and kick if they could knock down their three point shots because they've been winning games here recently. Seven game win streak heading into this game, including the Big East tournament. Uh, if they can knock down their three point shots and get to the line and take care of the ball, it's going to be really tough for Michigan to win this game outright or even cover this number. If Michigan can get Villanova a little bit shaky, if they can get Gillespie in foul trouble, hell, Dan, any of the six guys in the rotation, if you knock out one, one and a half, two of those guys, now all of a sudden Jay Wright's looking down at the bench. He's not really sure who the hell to go to because, as I said, they are not deep as all, at right. all. Um, so they need to stay stay out of foul trouble, take care of the ball, get to the line, and hopefully knock down some shots. I know that all seems like a captain obvious, but that's how they've been winning. Uh, and that's how I, I imagine they're going to do do the same here in Michigan. What's against Michigan, I should say. Now, same question for you. Yeah, a couple things I'm looking at first, and I, and I know that you can't get too del, you know, deep in the numbers when it comes to the tournament time because you know you're down to 16 teams, like you said. No one's there by accident. Right. Uh, but Villanova is not a great rebounding team. They're right. like 259th in the country in, in Division One. So that's something that Michigan does really well. And for me, I mean, you mentioned, and Michigan doesn't go that deep either. But you look at what Villanova can, can do to you, and you got four of the five starters averaging double figures in Gillespie and Moore and Samuels and Daniels. Yep. Michigan's had moments where four starters have had double figures, but it doesn't happen often. It's sort of like Houston goes off or Dickinson goes off or Eli Brooks goes off. Not all of them together. So Michigan's got to kind of combat that and make it a little less balanced of an offensive attack for Villanova. And, and like you mentioned, they don't go that deep, so that's probably going to happen regardless. They just can't let one of those guys, whether it's a Gillespie or a Samuels, go off and score 25, 27 points. But to me, the key is going to be this. When Michigan has been at their best, Ryan, Hunter Dickinson has been a beast. He has taken over in both posts, whether it's been obviously offensive rebounding and scoring points and drawing fouls, or on the other end, like he did against Colorado State and David Roddy and others, blocking shots and being a pest on the defensive side. If Dickinson can score 15-plus and 10 or more rebounds and go to the line at least seven, eight times, it's going to be a good situation for Michigan. But the key is going to be whether it's either Jones, who hopefully can play and be effective, or Houston having a big game. Houston had back-to-back 20-point games a couple weeks ago and really seemed like he was starting to trust his shot. The problem is that, you know, Houston is a freshman. He is in his head at times. His shot was really obviously off uh, in the win against Tennessee, which Michigan, of course, won, but he only scored two points, or scored no points, and Jones only scored two. One of those two guys, whether it's Jones 
or Houston is going to have to have a banner day. And no matter what Villanova does offensively, if, if Jones or, or Houston is scoring 20 points, 15, 16, 17, 20 points, and Dickinson is dominating, they can keep this game close enough that like they did against Tennessee in these big moments, Ryan, late in the game, a big Eli Brooks triple or a big Jones triple can maybe be the difference between the Wolverines trailing by two and then winning or you know being down by five in the game, going to a three-possession game or something like that. So yeah. that's what I think they've got to do. They've got to keep in contact of this game with Villanova. If Nova races out to a 10, 15, 20-point lead, unfortunately they did in the uh, title game, it's going to be over. Michigan can come back, but Michigan is at their best when they are either up right. or in contact in the middle stages of a game where they can kind of just play to their strengths late in the game. That's what I want to see for the Wolverines. And you mentioned fundamentally sound Villanova is. When Michigan's fundamentally sound, they're extremely tough to beat. Problem is they turn the ball over a lot in their losses recently. Dickinson is the name for me that you bring yeah. up that he's he's the key in the entire game. I mean, I should have brought him up when you asked me the question first, to be quite honest. I mean, this is a seven-footer. This is a guy that's a stud, as you mentioned. Villanova has had success. Like, Villanova, they play small ball. You know, they, they go four guards, and their, quote, center in Dixon, he ain't a center. I, I mean, he is like all of six seven, despite what he may be listed at. But that could cause problems for big men in, on on the opposing defense, right? So, like, have you seen a similar style? Like, do you think Dickinson can stay out of foul trouble? Do you think he'll be all right if Villanova pulls him away from the basket? Is that a concern or, or not really? Well, let me give you this, not to scare Villanova fans. Um, no, let's give you the last five scared. splits for, for Dickinson. <laughs> Tennessee, 27 and 11, also four times. Indiana, uh, Colorado State, 21 and six in, in four blocks. Indiana gave me had these 15 points kind of earlier in the game. Like, he got to 15, like 13 early. He had 15 and five. That was a terrible loss, though. Iowa, which was the, the, the game before the Indiana game in the tournament, 21 and 11. Michigan State, 33 and nine. So to me, Ryan, I bring these numbers up. Am I nervous if Villanova is able to kind of get him away from the post and what he does so well, banging and, and, and causing foul trouble on the defensive uh, side yeah. or on the offensive side and on the defensive side swatting shots and just being a, a total pest in there? Yes, but he's the kind of guy that can play inside outside. Yeah, he can hit threes. He won't be scared of taking a top he's side three. He's comfortable out there. You know, he's comfortable with taking yeah. outside shots. He made a ton against Tennessee. He made a bunch against Colorado State. He made a, a tremendous amount uh, against Michigan State. When uh, I, I know he had two big threes in that game. So to me, Dickinson, as long as he plays his game and Villanova doesn't take him completely out of his comfort level, he's going to get his. The question is, can Houston, can Brooks, can Williams off the bench, uh, you know, John's, Brandon Johns Jr. hasn't done much, can one of these guys be a role player and a hero, aside from Hunter, who we know is going to be an NBA player, could be a lottery pick, is an All-American. That's the concern. I'm much more concerned about that than being nervous about tickets and having a rough game, because for the last five games, he's been in double figures, and in everyone else, he's been at 20 or 30 points in the last five games for the Wolverines. Am I? No, I'm not seeing this correctly. I think I'm looking at the team stats. Now, wait, how many three-pointers did Dickinson make against Purdue? Am I seeing uh, six? I, I think he made five. Did he make five? Six. Yeah, I know he had five or six against Purdue. Holy crap. I mean, listen, if he goes six for nine from three against Nova, forget about it. I mean, He's one of those rare big game. men. Yeah, I'll tell you this, Ryan. He's one of those rare big men that, you know, you see it occasionally. And, you know, think about uh, – Someone like a Marcus Saul at times, and some of the other big men that have been good at three-point shooting, he can he can bang the three, and it's like a natural stroke for him. It's not if he's 
three feet from the three-point line, he'll back up and take the three. Like, he's not nervous about that. It's like, you know, out of the couple and sometimes can take, make three-pointers when you think there's no chance the seven-plus footer could do that. Right. Dickinson's natural with that, and then to go along with the way his mid-range shot has improved, uh, you know, over the last year or, or, or so, he's someone to behold. So I think a lot of Nova fans that have not seen Michigan in the last couple of years with Dickinson are going to be very impressed with him. But obviously he's got to get his, and it's got to be a balanced attack with some of the other guys. Hunter can't do it by himself, not against an incredibly talented Villanova team that you've talked about. And obviously I mentioned can get 20 points from Gillespie and Samuels and Daniels. Such balanced scoring, so well coached. And as you mentioned, don't turn the ball over. That's what concerns me the most. Michigan's been turning the ball over their losses. Villanova is rarely turning the ball over in any game. Yep. It, listen, it's going to be it's going to be a, a hell of a battle. I, I mean, listen, we have the most important bet of our lives, yes. two stakes and conies, uh, w- with the spread. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm I'm ready to do battle with you, man. This is the biggest bet I've had by far since I laid fifteen thousand on the. Denver Broncos in John Elway's first Super Bowl win. This is by far the biggest bet. Either that or the thousand I laid on the coin toss a couple years ago. <laughs> this is way bigger. Way it's bigger. It's way bigger. Listen, it could it could be involving two better people. Ryan, it's always the best to talk to you. You as well. I, I will be the honorable man like you are. I'll wish the cats some luck. Yes. But whoever wins, I know will be very respectful and in eating that coney or cheesesteak at a very high level. Yes. And we're going to have a lot of fun, you and I, going forward because we got lots more Philly-Detroit angles to get to. Uh, so it's always the best talking to you, my man. Yeah, you as well, man. I, I love talking to you. And we need to figure out how to do it more frequently. I don't think we've crossed over with one another for a few months. So Yeah, we got this kid. It's got to be like every few weeks thing. Man. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Every, every and, time and you I'm and I'm excited. I can't wait to watch you eat a cheesesteak. All right, should we do this? Should we just make an official prediction just for fun? Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll start here. And I and I do, trust me, I mean, I know people listening on audio won't see the glasses. I'm not putting my Homer glasses on. <laughs> but I, I think Michigan's on a run right now. And I think that as long as they don't lose their identity and, you know, what they do best, I think Michigan can beat Villanova. It won't be easy, but I'll go 71-70 on a Dickinson free throw with no time left. It's so funny you you bring up uh, 70, 71. I had Villanova getting to 71, uh, and I'm going to make sure they cover with my prediction, although I'm a little bit reluctant. Either way, uh, I feel like Villanova finds a way to win this game. I think it's going to be really close, and it's going to be really difficult for me to uh, figure out a way to cover this five-point number, but I'll go 71-65 Nova in a game that's even way closer than that score indicates. All right, I love it. Well, nothing but luck to you and the Cats, and it should be a lot of fun. This is what the Sweet 16 is all about, my friend. I, I can't wait for uh, the drama, the the dripping of the energy, and yes. the greatness coming up on Thursday. Oh, I can't wait, man. It's going to be great. Appreciate you. All right, appreciate you. Can't wait to talk to you again soon, Ryan. Yep, you too. Great stuff with Ryan Ross, and I can taste that Philly cheesesteak. It's going to be scrum diddly umptious. We'll, of course, have a full breakdown, win or lose, for the Wolverines coming up uh, after the game, so look forward to that. Big thanks again to Ryan Rothstein, the co, the host of the Philadelphia CityCast. Always have a great time with him. Many more things for us to cross over and discuss going forward as we go through the sports calendar the rest of this year, of course, leading into football season. Uh, and always a great time to catch up with him. That's going to do it for us here today. If you're a Michigan fan, good luck to the Wolverines. If you're not, Cheer for him anyway. Until next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch. Out. Go Blue.